Hi, and welcome to the Genesis Podcast. I think it's so neat that you're able to join us through this medium, and it means so much to me personally to hear that this has been used to encourage so many of you. It has always been the posture of Genesis to tangibly extend the love of Jesus in various ways, both locally and across the world. We support programs that assist families in need, contribute to ongoing works and building projects in Mexico. We've built a latrine and cafeteria for St. Andre's School in Haiti, as well as are advancing a food program there that we hope will help feed the children for years to come. The money collected for all these endeavors could have paid for a facility of our own many times over, but instead, we've intentionally chosen to be a mobile community since we began. We now have before us an opportunity to invest in a building of our own. We're not doing this, however, without considering the works we're committed to or even the works we feel compelled to keep doing in the future. But we're asking, if you've benefited from this podcast or from anything that Genesis has done, would you consider partnering with us by donating to this work directly at www.thegenesisstory.com and click on the Building Fund tab. Joshua told the people, Consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among you. Together, let's prepare for an amazing tomorrow. Thanks, and God bless. This morning we are continuing our our series, Things That Make You Go, Hmm, and it's really talking about a God too small. And if you have... uh, copy of the scriptures, open it to Romans 8.28. And this morning, I'm going to talk to you about mushrooms and fish, mountain roads, and the movie, The Never-Ending Story. When I was a kid, the only thing that I would eat were hamburgers, maybe cheeseburgers, right, with French fries. And to get me to go outside of that was just really pushing it. Why should I explore anything else in my palate except for what I'm comfortable with? And so that's all I would get. We would go to a restaurant. It would be an Italian restaurant, and I'm Italian, and I would ask if they have hamburgers, and my stepdad would be irate at me, and my mom would look quizzical at me, and the waiter would frown at me, and I wanted a hamburger because that's what I eat. That's what I'm comfortable with. I don't know when it was But at some point, I actually tasted other foods. I can remember specifically when there were mushrooms on the table, and some of you still don't eat mushrooms, but there were some mushrooms, and I said, okay, I'll try those. And they were amazing. And it was like the whole world opened up to me. And there was one Christmas, because our family Christmas tradition, an Italian Christmas tradition We had seven different kinds of fish. That was part of Christmas. The pasta was anchovy pasta, which if you've never had anchovy pasta, I got to tell you, it is amazing. And one day, one year, I tried it, and I was a changed man. I was born again. (laughs) My favorite food to this day is the chiapino soup that my grandmother would make with all the different kinds of fish in that sauce. It was just unbelievable. I couldn't wait for Christmas to just be able to eat those things. And all of a sudden I found that there was a world much bigger than hamburgers. 
And there were so many things I could try. And after that, I was like game for anything, right? Possum, sure. Let's give it a go. You know, I'm ready to try just about anything because who knows what's out there? Who knows what you could taste and find and fall in love with? Oh, yeah, you'll hit some bumps in the road. It's like, I don't want to try blood pudding ever again, right? I tasted it once. That was good for me. No more. But there are so many other things that you can try and experience and then you would get to enjoy if only you would taste. And Romans 8.28, it's a passage I think we're really familiar with. It says, and we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. We hear this and we think, yes, it's this promise. Unless we're in the middle of something traumatic, we don't like to hear it. But otherwise, yeah, this is our promise scripture, right? God is working all things for good. And this becomes something that's like our motto, uh, I have, this is my, where I'm going to plant my flag and this is where my faith moves forward. But one of the things we don't understand is, is this passage of scripture comes in a passage that's much bigger. I mean, just preceding this verse, we see in verse 26, Paul writes, likewise, the spirit helps us in our weakness for we do not know what to pray for as we ought but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for word. You see, God hears and answers the prayer, which we only know as painful groanings. And the tossing and turning of an unquiet spirit standing before its maker with the pains and puzzles of the world and a heavy heart becomes language to God. And you see, this is right before we know that these things work together for good. First, we experience the groanings that we can't put words to that our spirit senses and feels but before even this verse if we start pulling away even further in verse 22 and 23 we say that it says for we know that the whole creation has been groaning together in the pains of childbirth until now so it's not just you feeling the pain it is all creation feeling this pain that we are a part of something that's much bigger, not only the creation, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the Spirit grown inwardly as we wait eagerly for the adoption as sons, the redemption of our body. You see, Romans 8.28 isn't about God making everything good for me that was once bad. It is about God restoring humanity and all creation to his intention and to himself it's much bigger than you it's much bigger than me it's including all of creation and if we don't see ourselves in this frame (coughs) excuse me we tend to limit what god is doing we tend to make him smaller and pretty soon faith becomes just about me and God when faith is about you and God, but it's about you and what God is doing that makes this a faith worth living. Because if it's just about me, well, then I'll have my little faith and you can have your little faith 
But what about what God is doing everywhere in all of creation? And you see, those words that are used, all things, the word all that is used there is the word pos in the Greek. And what the word pos means in the Greek is it means all. All right, you thought something profound was going to happen. But it's all means all, and that's all that all means, right? That, that's kind of what you can take it. This is what all is about. But when he talks about all things, this theme of all things is reoccurring throughout the New Testament. In Colossians 1.19, it says, For in him, speaking of Christ, all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. You see, God is reconciling all things, not just you, not just mankind, but all creation. Why does he say heaven? What in heaven is needing to be reconciled? You see, there is a brokenness that is taking place everywhere, and that's why creation itself is groaning. And we sense it and we feel it. We just planted some new flowers because we had my daughter's graduation, which is why I wasn't here last week. And by the way, thanks to Randy, who did an amazing job last week. I love the connection of humility and love. Powerful, powerful. If you haven't heard it, you need to go on to listen to it on the podcast. It's just great talk, powerful truth there. Anyway, thank you to Randy. But anyway, back to the flowers in our backyard. Because we're having people in our house, what can I say? Um, I thought our house was fine, you know. But when you have people over, you're aware that there's things that need to be done. Like that dirt patch in the ground, it's not good. You have to put the flowers there that you meant to put there five years ago. Just never got to it, right? And and so we went out and we bought all kinds of flowers and we went to, I don't know, Home Depot, Lowe's, nurseries. We went all these different places looking for flowers that can plant in the sun. And so we planted some flowers, but you know what you have to do with flowers? You have to water them. Who would have thought, right? But I thought I did water them yesterday, but it's been like 150 degrees, right? And so you have to like saturate them with water so that they can begin to get the nourishment and grow in these areas that they need. You see, what God is is doing, he's he's reconciling, he's watering all of creation to make it grow in the way that it needs to grow, to grow to the place where his intention was for it. And he's including us in this. In Acts chapter 3, verse 21, it says, whom, have, whom heaven must receive until the time for restoring all the things about which God spoke by the mouth of his holy prophets long ago. This was Peter giving a message about Jesus, who heaven must receive until the time for restoring all things restoration bringing things back god is doing something in heaven and in earth he's able to make all things work for the good there is a groaning within us there is a groaning within all creation in ephesians chapter 1 verse 9 there's another passage 
where Paul's writing to the church of Ephesus. And he's really at the beginning letting them know who they are. And he says of Christ, making known to us the mystery of his will according to his purpose, which he set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time to unite, here it is again, all things to himself, things in heaven and things on earth. Now, we hear this and we think, okay, that's great. God's uniting all things to himself. But the Greek word that is used for uniting all things, okay, I'm going to try and put this out. It's anakephaleusathai. It's one word, right? I mean, if you knew this in Scrabble, you could do amazing, okay? This word, the depth of its meaning, ana means again, and the word Kafale means head. So anakafala helustathai is to bring things together under one head. The word's also used in ancient math world describing what happens when you sum up several numbers. You put them together and you kind of add up what takes place. And you see, sometimes this word is translated as to recapitulate or to retell. And so what's happening here is there's a story that's being told and now there's a story that needs to be retold. It needs to go back. When you retell a story, you're usually in a different place than the place you were when you were telling the story. There was a time when my wife was pregnant with our second, well, her second birth, our third child. You figure that one out. And we were up in Big Bear with some friends. And to get you to understand, we would go up for the holidays at Big Bear with our group of friends. And every year, my friend had connections where we got to stay at a place that was a chateau right on the lake. I love saying the word chateau. It just sounds so sophisticated. The chateau had three levels. The very top level had a pool table. It had a chessboard, and it had a master bedroom and its own bath. The second floor had an amazing kitchen, an indoor barbecue and fireplace, because sometimes it was cold outside and you had a barbecue inside. And it also had another master bedroom with its own bath and another bathroom. It also had a huge deck that wrapped around the house and looked straight out at the lake. The bottom floor, which is where Karina and I would stay, it had a master bedroom with its own bath. It had another smaller bedroom where we would throw the kids and put a gate up because they were all small. And it also had a balcony that was on the floor looking the lake, right? So you can't lose. Wherever you're staying, it's going to be great. And so this was our experience of going up to Big Bear for at least two or maybe three years. And then we couldn't get the chateau. My friend said, hey, why don't we just rent a place for Thanksgiving and go and stay up at Big Bear? And we said, sure, yeah, sure, we'll, we'll go. And we were thinking the chateau. We rented a place that was as wide as oh, these, or, you know, these green lines right here. I mean, it was probably, you could almost touch the walls if you were sitting in there. It was not the chateau. 
the, the kitchen table folded from the wall and had a leg. You can sit three people at the kitchen table. We literally, putting a log in the fire, had half of the log outside the fireplace because it was so small. And this became our vacation getaway. And one day to get out of the house, because we had the twin boys who were probably just under two years of age. They had their son who was just over two years of age. My wife was pregnant. Gloria was pregnant. And so we thought we got to get out of the house, but it was freezing outside, right? So we thought, well, let's take a drive in this huge van that we rented and go down to Lake Arrowhead because they're having some Christmas gift shop. And so we said, okay, and we went down to, to Lake Arrowhead, and we went to there, and then went, the gift shop was, I don't know, I don't think I went in. I was outside with the kids, you know, thinking, well, we're out of the house, and this is it. You know, I sure miss the chateau, you know, and the lake and all that stuff. And then we had to get back in the van and go back to Big Bear. Roads are very windy going back. I, I think we had a little lunch there in Lake Arrowhead, and then we had two pregnant ladies, okay? You guys are picking up where I'm going here, right? On the way, the kids started getting fussy. The twins, who were both on either side of me in stereo, started just screaming because that's what they do. Their son, Jonathan, in the back was also kind of losing it. He's like, I want a banana. I don't want a banana. I want this. I want this. And he was just kind of losing. And pretty soon, I have three kids. I have like surround sound kids screaming. Then my wife, pregnant right here in front of me, starts getting sick. And I don't remember who got sick first, if it was her or Gloria, but it was a chain reaction. (laughs) Once one got sick, the other got sick. And they just started losing it. And we had some trash bags, fortunately, in the car. And they started just going for it. And it was amazing. You could hear the differences in how <laughs> they would hurl, right? I've got kids screaming. I've got two ladies just losing it. And Henry, my friend, is just wide-eyed looking straight ahead. I could see his eyes looking at the road because there's nowhere to pull over. We're on a winding road with all these cars behind us. And we're just going, going, going with all this going on. And I'm just thinking, oh, man, it was insane. I was sweating. I was like, how do I get out of here? What do I do? All the fragrances that were in the van at this time were imagined. Finally, we got a place where we could pull over and we pull over and it's right outside a restaurant with a full glass window and the ladies get out and they just start losing it all over the place. Now, me retelling that story, I make sure to include all the juicy parts, right? I want to let you know they were not just sick. They were hurling, okay? I want you to know the intensity of what was going on there. Why? Because it helps make the story something more. Now, I can tell you at that time, it was not funny. My wife was not laughing. She's not really laughing now, but... (laughs) It was not funny at the time, but looking back, we're able to retell the story and we're able to laugh about it because we're in a different place. And you see, God is retelling a story and he's going to retell a story. And he's retelling a story, even the worst parts of it. He's going to retell all the difficulties that you faced 
that we face, that the human race has faced. He's going to retell these things again. And so we're going to be able to recapitulate it. We're going to be able to look at it from a different space than where it is now. Why? Because God is reconciling all things to himself through Christ. He's retelling everything. All things means all things. That means all the things in history. That means the prejudice. God is going to retell that story. He's retelling the violence that has taken place. He's retelling the sickness that is taking place. He's going to be able to retell all of this. And what Paul is alluding to here and in Romans is that we get to be a part of the retelling. That we get to actually participate and how God is telling this story. Which brings me to the movie, The Never Ending Story. We used to call it The Never Ending Movie because it seemed like it lasted forever. But we were okay with that. If it would entertain the kids for two hours, we're good. Okay, that's a nap I can enjoy. But the whole point of this movie is this boy goes up to the attic and he finds this book about Fantasia and he starts reading about this book and he finds in this book that a human boy is needed to reclaim this. Otherwise, they were going to go into this nothingness land. And pretty soon he finds himself actually a part of the story. And life, he's not sure what's happening. Is life really happening or is it all just this book, this Fantasia that I'm reading about? And what I love about that is this inclusion to the story that now you are actually a part of the story. And you see, that's really what's taking place. Throughout scripture, we're getting to see our involvement in the story that God is telling. And we see it so many places in scripture where God is doing a work and then we see that work continuing. In the book of Exodus, how does it begin? It begins with the Hebrews in slavery over a foreign land owned by Pharaoh. And we don't see God anywhere. He's distant, but then he hears the cry of the people. And how does it end? The slaves are freed. They're living in this wilderness and God is present in the tabernacle with them. There is a transition. God is now retelling their story of what was happening in Egypt. They're able to now look back at it and Exodus becomes a new story that they tell that starts to define this tribe. We move into Matthew and we see in Matthew that Jesus is born. Where is he taken to? He's taken to Egypt. Now, this immediately is going to put in the Hebrew mind, we know Egypt, we were there once. Our story comes from there. And so we see Jesus starting there in Egypt. And then they brought him through water into the wilderness of baptism, the water where they, they were going. They wandered for 40 days. Jesus was tempted for, or they wandered 40 years. Jesus is tempted for 40 days. And you see, Jesus is connecting to their story, but he's retelling the story. We see that in Scripture itself. We see us begin in a garden in Genesis. There's a tree. There's rivers that are flowing. And there is the presence of God, and there is the breaking of that presence of God. What happens in Revelation? We see there is a tree of life the healing of the nations. 
and we see a restoration. You see, the trajectory of Scripture is taking us from one tree to the next. And all these stories, God is retelling what his intention was from that beginning. I want to watch a little video that kind of talks about this. The whole idea here is, again, telling this story of between the trees. That's what it's called, trees. And it's talking about what God has done at the beginning and what God is redoing. He's retelling the story. He is recapitulating. He, he is bringing creation and reconciling all things to himself. Turn with me to Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. Paul says, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. See, God has prepared us for the works that he is, prepare, he is doing. He, he has prepared us through what he has done. He, he's retelling the story. Now we get to be part of the story. We are his workmanship created in Christ to bring about the work that God is doing. You see, if our faith is about us believing in Jesus so that we can go to heaven, we have a very, very small faith. Your faith in Christ connects you to the work that God is doing in all of creation. It connects you to what God is doing, reconciling all the creation to himself. And guess what? You get to be a part of it. You get to participate in the work of God that is now taking place. The retelling of the story, you get to be a voice in that story. Imagine that. Your voice gets to tell the story of what God is doing. Your actions get to participate in the actions of what God is doing. Your faith is connected to the reconciliation of all things, not just your world. God is not just working all things for good for you. He is working all things for good for everyone, for those children in Haiti, for those orphans in Mexico. God is going to retell that story. Do you want to be a part of the story that God is telling? Because you're invited to be a part of it. You were created for it. It was what you were made for. Will you step into it? Will you open the book and say, that's me he's talking about. I'm the light of the world. I'm the city on the hill. I'm supposed to be a part of this new tribe that is retelling the story. Just as Christ redefined what Israel was really intended to be, he says this is what they were meant to be. You and I get to retell what humanity was meant to be by actually living it. So the question to us is, how are we living it? And, and this is not meant to make you feel bad about what you're not doing. This is meant to open the door to say, man, there is more than hamburger out there, people. 
There is some good food waiting to be tasted. There is some life waiting to be lived. There is some experience that is connected to the very heart of what God is doing that you and I get to step into. Who wants to go? Who wants to go? Then as a community, let's go. Let's do this together. Let's retell this story. Let's let them know what has been done through the person of Christ to bring us into an area where we can now tell this story over again. Let me tell you, that was one ride that we were on. It's funny to look back on it now, but it wasn't funny at the time. Let's retell the story. Oh, I know it's tragic what's happening in our world right now, but you know what? We're going to look back on it. Why? Because we're going to change what it is. God is retelling it and he's using us to retell the story. Let's step in to the story of God. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, I want to be a part of what you're doing. And so we see the invitation that we've been created for this. You've planned this for us. We've been made for this job, Lord, of retelling the story. You have given us the tools. In Christ, we have the ability to now look with new eyes to see what you are doing. And Lord, I wants to be a part of what you're doing. And I want us as a community to be a part of what you're doing. And God, this takes place in every facet of our life. This takes place with our families. This takes place in our places of work, as well as when we're here together or when we go to Haiti or other places. We are continuing, Lord, your work so that one day we can stand in that new garden and we can look back at all that's happened and see that you're able to reconcile all these things. You were able to bring all these things under your head. You were able to work them for good. And so God, when you work all things for good, those of you who love you, those who have been called according to your purpose, May we see that we are a part of all creation groaning, longing for that work to take place, longing for that good to be seen. And that groaning moves us to compassion for those who are hurting, compassion for the brokenness that we see in the world in so many areas. It moves us with your heart and your spirit gives a voice to our cry as we unite with your cry and join in the work that you're doing. Thank you for inviting us. Thank you for allowing us to be a part of this work. Lord, may we step into it further and further, we ask, for Jesus' sake. Amen. Let's stand together. May you recognize that you have been predestined to a work that God has been doing since the foundation, that you should walk in it. May you recognize that you groan with all creation for that work to take place. And may you step into that work and see it take place in the world around you. 
participate in this glorious story that God is going to be telling. God bless you guys. Enjoy each other. Have a wonderful day. You have been listening to the Genesis Podcast. We invite you to join us at one of our weekly gatherings. You can find more information at www.thegenesisstory.com as well as opportunities to help financially support this podcast. Thank you for listening.